Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at maxstormcoaching.com. Now, here's your host. Hello, this is Ashley Mazurik talking at you at maxstormcoaching.com. Welcome. Welcome. Today's topic is meditation. And we've got uh, some information regarding science-based benefits. And, you know, even though these are scientifically based, I feel like they're super common. Everyone knows it, knows this information. At least I feel like that. But also at the same time, you know, working with clients, it is amazing to me how many clients don't meditate. And, you know, for me, I want to talk about obviously the benefits, talk about some personal stories from um, my own um, experience, but then also uh, suggest a meditation that is a favorite of mine that was proven to be very beneficial to me when I was uh, taking one of my esoteric classes um, from an instructor who is an osteopathic physician who's been teaching this certification course for about 38 years, about 28 years actually. But so, I mean, just it's probably more of a motivator to most of you. Uh, a motivator from the sense of commonly when I talk to students or talk to practitioners uh, and I ask, do you meditate? Mm, kind of, yeah. Uh, it, it's just not consistent. And, you know, I do maybe once or twice a week. And so I want to offer um, benefits um, and but give you a meditation that, to, you know, to start you out, for those of you who are inconsistent, uh, give you this meditation that you can do anywhere. And the point of doing it anywhere is to, A, get you to do it, and then so that you can reap the benefits. Because there's, there are a lot of benefits, and I feel like what motivates people are benefits. And that's what motivates me. And I've, you know, I've been meditating for nine years now, and uh, I am the classic monkey mind. I don't enjoy meditation. I do it because I know there are so many benefits that I feel from the effect of doing meditation. And every time I go down that road of feeling like I'm too busy and not doing my complete meditation or cutting it short or skipping days, I can feel inside of me this discord, this dis-ease. And it is a reminder for me to get back to my awareness of wait, hey, when's the last time you meditated? What you know, what's really going on here? And uh, I know within my practice, meditation has brought the level of my practice to a whole new level that I could never have gotten from reading more books, taking more classes or experiencing, which I think is important. Experience is important, but applied knowledge into experience gives you a tremendous amount of power. And, you know, you can work, 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 but if you skip the powerful experience of meditating, then you really do miss an opportunity to be I'm going to say the word great within your practice because the intuition that you receive 
uh, in your practice through meditation allows you to capture answers that you can't find in, uh, in other words, you can't read every book out there. So when you meditate, part of meditation is tapping into your higher self, which is basically the answers to every potential problem that you could ever have. And that is an aspect of meditation that I truly, truly love because we get cases and these cases with clients, you're oftentimes going, gosh, what book was I reading on that? Or or just the situation where, where do I start? What do I do? And oftentimes I can, if I can just still my mind and quit trying to find the correct protocol and stop thinking, the, the stillness provides every answer that I need. And I'm always in awe of the effect that I, I ultimately have when I do take the answers that are provided and trust that they're correct and then apply them and then see the overall response, which is always positive. So meditation, why do it? Yeah, it reduces stress right on, like everybody knows that. But more importantly, think about what stress really means. And this is a, this is a conversation I constantly have because everybody has their own level of stress. And just to remind you that stress is perceptional. There is no real quantifiable definition for it. It is merely from person to person. And oftentimes through your own experience, you can find the people that meditate or have stillness in their life or uh, consistently have some sort of practice, you'll find they aren't stress mongrels. They don't worry because there is a confidence and a security and a trust that that you grow with that for me, everything happens for a reason. And yes, I'm an optimist, but I do believe that there is no, uh, there is no person or body out there trying to create harm on us and make us, uh, uh, um, pay for incidences that we've done in our life. Um, I believe that it's an opportunity, uh, a challenge is an opportunity to learn. And sometimes we need challenges. We need challenges. Why? To grow. And ultimately, for me, it's to grow to be better. And it's it's not always fun. It's painful. It's suffering. And sometimes we need to have that suffer. We need to create that humility that makes us a better person. And it makes us more importantly, compassionate. And so for meditation, it's, it's about raising our sense of consciousness so that we rise into our heart center. So we can develop that uh, sense of compassion a for ourselves so then B, we can wrap that compassion about around others. If you find that you have very little compassion for others, then that's an opportunity to be aware that maybe we, you need to take some time and, and create a meditation. And to, to jump ahead, uh, a really good type of meditation different than what I'm going to talk about in the end, is a, a meditation that really just focuses on a, a sense of gratefulness. And in taking five, 10 minutes and 
going over all the things that you are grateful for to reset the mindset, to uh, open up your heart and be grateful for what you do have rather than, you know, sometimes people are just constantly focused on the negative and focused on the, on the ill will and and the bad. And honestly, how does that serve anyone? So, you know, the, you know, as soon as I'm in this quandary because when I'm around people like that, I I often wonder why they would choose. And when I say choose, I mean that we all have free choice. Uh, This is sort of my ranting, but we all have free choice in this world. We all have the power over ourselves, not anyone else. The power of ourselves. So if you are in a relationship, which is great, is wonderful because it's a 50% reflection of yourself, it's an opportunity for you to grow and see how you can be better. Now, I always tell clients, you can't change the other person, but how can you change yourself to make the situation better for you? Uh, because at the end of the day, um, you, your your mindset right now deals with a frustration or an anger. Well, frustration and anger is based off of an expectation. So <clears throat> be aware and think about that. And this is, this is all what I'm doing right now is self-reflective consciousness. That can be done in meditation. So my point is meditation doesn't have to be you sitting on a floor going into no mind. Um, it, can, it can be an active meditation. And that's where I had to start. I had to start with an active meditation because my mind was so, I'm just a mental being. So I constantly have mental thoughts and mental solutions and mental this going through all the time. So why not then take a med- a meditation that focuses on the mental. And uh, and a part of that is reflection, reflection on your day, reflection on your actions, reflection on other people's actions that you can ultimately learn from to be better. And so meditation reduces stress. And if we have a, a general positive outlook on stress uh, and a challenge being an opportunity, then we can change that stress which will release cortisol and ultimately produce inflammation that causes, you know, all kinds of issues within the body um, that ultimately can lead to the depression and increased blood pressure, heart rate, fatigue. If we can change our thoughts wrapped around the challenge, then we wouldn't have a cortisol uh, influx or release. Now, there's nothing wrong with cortisol. Cortisol is very important for us to balance out our inflammation, but it's when there's an an excess of cortisol. So it reduces our stress. If If stress is perceptional and we have the free will and choice to look at the stressful event and look at it from the positive and then put the positive mindset into rather than going into the future of and thinking what the other person will or won't do, which you have no control and don't know that because you don't have that power, then just focus on what you can do and how you can generate positivity in it and, and, and focus on how you can create a solution that is a win-win. And that to me won't increase cortisol. Second, anxiety, like who doesn't have anxiety? So, you know, the, the big thing I always tell myself and I tell, you know, my kids when they're having this, uh, melodrama, drama, sode is just take deep breaths right now. Like calm yourself so you can get some 
perspective and take deep breaths to take the the sympathetic breath to a more of a parasympathetic breath and relax into it. And when you're balanced within your parasympathetic sympathetic, you can come up with creative solutions to a problem that if you're if you choose to maintain that sympathetic mode, you can't dip into the left brain to be creative with solutions. You can only, you can only create a solution that you've already thought of. That's the purpose of the left brain. It's just, it's just diving into the history of experience of what you've already done. And, you know, to really get new challenges each day, we have to come up with creative solutions. So that's the purpose of the right brain. And you don't have access to the right brain when you're too sympathetic. And breathing, breathing can allow and help that. Um, There's a phrase that if you can slow the breath, you can slow the mind. So I oftentimes... Uh, those monkey-minded people like myself, I always say to start out with a particular breath that I'll talk about later. That is the purpose of it is to just focus on the breath to slow your mind. And within six to 10 of these, you find yourself in a very good place where you can actually slow the mind to the point where you can be a witness. And that is once you get to that place, it is a very beautiful process. And and welcome thoughts in your meditation. Welcome them and then also allow them to leave. And because I do believe that meditation, when accessing your higher self, allows you to identify with what you may need to pay attention to. Because oftentimes we get really, really busy and we get entangled in all kinds of projects and things and relationships and we lose the importance of what our purpose is. And when you um, have the ability to do some meditation, you can be reminded from your higher self, don't forget that you need to do this. And, and it, won't, it, it won't be said like that. It can be just sort of a download, just a download of an idea that you had before or download of, um, uh, for me, sometimes I, I oftentimes see things. So I'll have an image that is a reminder of something that's important I had forgotten about. Uh, so stress, um, relieving anxiety, um, anytime anxiety, it's it's usually because you're too sympathetic and you're probably upper respiratory breathing. <laughs> the next one, it promotes emotional health. Of course, um, meditation can lead to improved self-image and a positive outlook on life. So if you remind yourself of all these uh, ideas that I mentioned before about looking at obstacles and challenges in a positive way to grow, that can improve your mental state of mind and um, allow you to grow and be better. It enhances self-awareness. And I kind of already talked about that. Um, Part of... Part of being able to change, um, which we're always doing, and sometimes some of us have the the want and need to change a little bit more than others, but you can only, well, what's, it's easier to change if you're aware of it. That's the first step is first being aware, hey, I need to change that. And then with the awareness, you're aware when you do it. Uh, and that, that like a really good, easy example 
is when you're having conversations and maybe you've been in in an instance where somebody's told you or you um, uh, have realized that you interrupt people a lot. And, and so when you're, when you're more aware, you go into a conversation with this a witness approach where you're aware of what you're saying and what you're not saying. And, and oftentimes that's really important because uh, once we f- get a feel of the energy of the pers- other person, we're able through our awareness to pick and choose what we say that would ultimately be helpful to both parties. And interrupting is is just that overexcitement. And I had this conversation just recently with somebody I truly care about. And I and I said to this person, I I know that you get very excited about what you want to say, and and I know that um, you you don't want to forget it because a big part of it is if I don't say it right now, I'm going to forget. Understandable, but at the same time, it does it does uh, give a, a perception of disrespect, and not everybody is realizing that. And sometimes people don't like to be to be interrupted, and they may without their own awareness, realize that you're, you're just very excited and you're just very passionate about your thoughts. Um, and so my encouragement, and this is obviously someone I, I truly love and care about, um, my sister. And, and so I, I noted that to her when we were at a, an, an engagement a couple of weeks ago. And I said, boy, I had a hard time understanding that person because every time they talked, you interrupted them. And, um, and with trying to relay this information from a place of love, you know, I told her, like, I understand that you, you are very passionate and very excited about your information, but other, but please understand the other person deserves to have an opportunity to speak. And so we had a really lovely conversation about that. And, and she said, she's trying to work on it and she's trying to be more aware of it. Um, but at the same time, she doesn't necessarily meditate. So it's hard to um, become more aware if you don't have a practice that creates that. And that's what meditation does is it, it expands and creates awareness. So um, meditation also helps with our attention span. Oh, yes, indeed. It is uh, a meditation years ago that I focused on that was uh, given to me by a shaman was to focus on a candle. And boy, that was so difficult, <laughs> just focusing on the candle and not welcoming any thoughts and not allowing my attention to stray anywhere else in the room was very difficult, but at the same time, very helpful. So, you know, it allows us to focus on what our clients are saying, to read between the lines of what they're not saying. Um, this attention and focus allows us to, as we're hearing them, also take our senses to a place of ener- energy and feel their energy as they're talking and and oftentimes their body language. So the focus to me from meditation is, is vast in that we, yes, we can focus on what so- someone's saying, but we can also focus on so many other things. Um, the meditation allows us to do that. It gives us that capacity, which is very, um, to me, is, is very helpful in helping people. And next, um, meditation helps uh, 
reduce memory loss um, for sure. Improvements, improvements in attention uh, and, and clarity of thinking um, can keep your, ha- uh, your mind very young. And we all um, are aging and we're all getting older. And, and one of the things that we desperately hold on to is our mind. And uh, growing up with a grandparent who had Alzheimer's um, and seeing my parents uh, literally being in a tremendous amount of fear that they will get autism, I'm sorry, not autism, uh, Alzheimer's, uh, is um, is is mind blowing. So it, rather than focus on the fear of getting it, because oftentimes what you fear is what you get, focus on doing everything you can to learn about Alzheimer's and do all the things that you can do to help your mind and your body to prevent getting Alzheimer's. And so there was a professor at USF that I had an opportunity to listen to. And one of the things that he talked about with regards to his research was how to keep the mind young and astute. And he offered a solution and it wasn't doing, um, wasn't reading books and it wasn't doing crossword puzzles. Believe it or not, diet was a consideration with that, obviously water. Um, but Uh, one of the things he mentioned was through his research consistently, what he found was that exercise three times a week, a minimum of 20 minutes was the only thing that he saw uh, an increase of brain cells that are created within the hypothalamus of the brain. That was a continual recreation when the person did exercise. So um, that, uh, for those of you who are um, unaware, it's we as individuals, if we have the capacity through diet and lifestyle, we have that benefit of recouping brain cells a thousand a day. So um, that keeping the brain healthy um, is 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 one of those benefits that will keep your mind strong and young. Uh, next, meditation generates kindness, um, increases positive feelings and actions towards yourself and others. So if you're aware, if you're aware of your actions, and part of being aware is being aware before being aware, and that is that intention of... <laughs> coming from your heart and part of coming through heart is doing meditation to raise consciousness to your heart. Otherwise you live in the lower three centers of your body, which are your, your um, root chakra, your sacral and your solar plexus, which are um, inus centers, which are based off of this, the self-centeredness and have the emotions of, well, root is fear and anger and trust and, and uh, sacral is guilt and solar plexus is shame. And so we, we want very, um, we want, we want so bad to not reside in those negative feelings. And so part of meditation is to, in our meditation process, we allow for emotions to rise up to the surface so that we can deal with them so that then they can dissipate and then the energy can rise up. But if we hold those harmful negative emotions within our body, 
then they, they and that can be a process through uh, disassociation or repression. If they stay stuck in our body, then we're not able to heal through them. So oftentimes, uh, uh, um, the meditation process can allow that. And I remember years ago when I would go be going through my meditation and when I was finished, I would feel very frustrated or angry. And I'm like, my God, I just meditated for 20 minutes. Like, why do I feel this way? I thought, I thought meditation was about being happy and peaceful and calm and joy. Like I thought that's what I should be feeling right now. But really after diving deeper into trying to find the, 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 answer my question, um, through my own experience and education, I realized that what that was is it was bringing those emotions to the surface so that I could eventually get to the place of when I did meditate, um, those emotions were now gone and I had, had developed self-reflective consciousness. And if I did have those emotions or feelings, take my journal, write them down for a time, another time in my day or in my evening or in the next meditation to uh, expand and try to understand where that was coming from so that I could resolve it. Um, Because obviously if it's held in our body, there's no there's no resolve. There's, there's still um, thoughts and processes around it that maybe I needed to come to a conclusion with. And we can do that with ourselves. Um, taking the time to um, experience whatever issue or tra- trauma it was, um, then we can go through it from a new light and put it to bed and be done with it. Um, so uh, kindness. Kindness is is something I feel like we all want to be kind. It's just, we've got, we've got our own ego that um, sometimes can get out of hand and can prevent us from being kind. And that's okay. As long as we're aware of when we're not being kind so that we can get to the root of, wow, what's like yesterday I had an issue and I wasn't very kind. And I kept thinking about the rest of the day, like what's causing me to be, to be in a place where I wasn't as, I wasn't exactly nice to that person. And what was the reason behind it? And so that I could um, open it up and then resolve it and then get to a better place. First, get to a better place, meaning wrap compassion around it. Um, give myself compassion. Give myself the right to be frustrated sometimes, to be angry. Um, and hopefully the other person knows that it doesn't have anything to do with them. And for me to know, if um, I had a client a couple weeks ago came in really in a pissy mood and was sort of a, a creating attacks and snappy. And I said to her, I said, it's obvious that you're not in a good place right now. And I said, and if I wasn't whole within myself, I might think that I was the reason because of it, that maybe I had done something to you, but I know that you're probably not in the best place. Maybe you're trying to generate love for yourself right now. And, and as it's coming out, it's coming out in a not so good way. And I'm not attaching to it, just so you know. And it's okay that you're frustrated. It's okay that you're not having a good day. And it's going to be okay for me to not attach to it and think it's because of me. And, you know, through my many years of relationships um, and attaching to um, feeling like I was the reason for why somebody was in a 
ticked off mood or anger or frustrated, uh, that doesn't leave for a happy life. Now I'm I'm not like that. I know that everyone has stuff going on in their own life and it doesn't have to do with me. It's not about me. It's about them. It's about what they have going on. Um, So meditation helps fight addictions. Good Lord. Yes, it does. Um, It can, it, it helps with the whole awareness factor. And, you know, I, I use this in my coaching with clients. Um, Part of getting over uh, addictions is finding out what the root cause of it is. And maybe take your meditation time to reflect on that. Um, I try to take that moment in that time and space. If there's an addiction that you have or you want to eat, why is it that you want that? What is the emotion wrapped around it? Um, Is there shame, guilt, and fear associated with it? And what is that Where is that representing in your life that you can take a look at so that we can dissolve it so that you can rid yourself of these addictions that that aren't leading you to the best mental state? In other words, addictions usually lead to guilt, usually lead to shame, usually lead to um, uh, uh, give you a a poor self-image because, oh, I ate the whole bag of cookies and um, how do you feel? Well, I feel like crap right now. I feel fat. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I shouldn't have done that. And, and the love is lost when, within self and, and it's okay. Uh, it, uh, what I'm saying is use meditation time to do something as simple as review your feelings as it relates to whatever your addictions are and take them one by one. Um, I know that it has tremendously helped me with my, my own addictions. And we all have addictions. Um, the, you know, my goal has always been to not have addictions and I feel like I'm in a really good place for that. And I, I tribute being in a place of not having addictions, um, at least that I'm aware of, um, has to do with my meditation and my meditation bringing me to awareness and my awareness being bringing me to a place of wrapping compassion around it and not feeling guilt uh, associated with uh, doing and taking part in my addictions. Uh, improve sleep. Of course, uh, if we're if we have a sense of peace, a sense of love and compassion for ourselves, we can sleep. And um, it it is sleep is so super 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 beneficial for our health. So that, if anything, is one of the most important things. And if you've got that monkey minded, these monkey minded people have usually have a hard time sleeping. So um, calming the mind can, um, with the breath, with meditation, can then allow someone to sleep. So maybe it's not when you first wake up in the morning that you meditate, but maybe it's more beneficial for those people who have a hard time sleeping that they meditate before they go to bed. And oftentimes when I'm traveling or I'm teaching a class and my mind is like, has like a zillion things growing through it as far as information, what I need to tell students, what I don't need to tell students, I'll have a hard time sleeping. And so I'll go into a meditation practice that ultimately within five, 10 minutes, I'm off to sleep. So um, that will, I, I'm promising you, we're going to get to that meditation at the very end. Um, how, meditation helps control pain. 
oh, yes. This is very difficult because don't forget what pain does. Pain raises the heart rate, uh, raises the respiration rate. So it, it allows you to go very, uh, go sympathetic very quickly. And part of being parasympathetic and being in meditation state is calming that. So we have to try to be very disciplined because um, obviously I wouldn't be in the position that I am to talk about this if I hadn't incurred my own uh, extremely painful physical conditions that I can, I can stand here today and, and say that um, it, it, it was difficult. And um, being able to resist the pain as hard as it is and be with the pain and accept the pain and focus on your breath makes it that much easier to get through the pain. And I've, I've done it. I've experienced it. I've come out on the other end as a result in a much better way because of the process. So I am sitting here um, not as a um, person to tell you what to do. It's a person who has done it and experienced it, um, and it works. And I'm here to say that because of my own experience. Um, decreased blood pressure, uh, yeah, for sure. We talked about that. goes along with um, the heart and the heart rate um, and the cortisol and all the ramifications of that that can potentially raise heart, um, blood pressure. <clears throat> and so meditation, um, you can, you know, there's ideals in meditation. There are all kinds of meditation. Sometimes... Sometimes um, visualization types of meditations are really good for certain people who get, tend to get monkey-minded. Um, for me, doing a toning meditation where I tone is fantastic. And I, I introduce all these meditations in my classes because um, it's important to get a basket full of options um, because not every meditation works for one person. You have to experience all different ones and see which one is best for you. And um, it's important to get a, a, an idea of all the ones out there that you can experience and then go experience them. Um, so the meditation that I want to introduce is, is called squared breathing. And I, I typically, because I am a very visual person, I typically draw this on a whiteboard for my clients or for students because um, it's visual people get it easier and, and I'm visual and so I teach it that way. But I'm not, I don't have the ability to do that through this podcast. So I'm going to ask you to visualize. Uh, it's a square. Okay, so if I'm going up the left side of my square and I'm building, I'm drawing up from the bottom left corner, the line up to the top left corner, that is where you breathe in. And as you draw the top of the square going across, that portion is where you have stillness, where you just hold the breath. Now, mind you, don't be a superhero in this. Like, don't try to go five, ten seconds. Just do like one or two, three seconds, something that doesn't engage a higher heart rate or respiration rate. So you hold that still. Now I'm at the top right corner of my square, and I'm going to go, I'm drawing down, and I'm exhaling there. So you exhale for however long. And now I'm at the bottom right of my square, and at this I'm going to draw my line across to my starting place to complete the square 
is your still point. So inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And that one square is one breath. If you can do that six to 10 times, anywhere at any time, what we did to, um, because I have a, my esoteric class is very science-based and I love that because I love having I love having proof, science to prove what we're saying is correct. And we did our own experiments on energy of people, of our, we took a partner and we did just regular breathing, you know, just watching your breath for six to 10 breaths. And then we also did deep breathing. So deep breathe for six to 10 breaths. And then we did squared breathing. And after each one of those experiences, the other person tested their energy centers to see what they felt like. And for us to feel which breath, which type of breathing actually expanded the energy and created wholeness within the centers. And it was the squared breathing. It was pretty, pretty amazing. I was I was, I don't know if I was shocked, but I, I thought deep breathing would be fairly close, but squared breathing was the best. And so that's why I always offer it because my goodness, you can be sitting in your car doing squared breathing. You can be in a conversation with someone who likes to talk a lot and doesn't really like to hear you and do squared breathing. You can be watching a show that you're really not interested in, but you're sitting because other people are interested in and do squared breathing. I'm all about get the multitasking done. If I'm not enjoying the process of what I'm doing, I'm like, well, what can I be doing that I would enjoy that I know would help me? And so I do my squared breathing. And then I have a better feeling about, well, it's not, it's not the show that I want to watch, but it's about being with family or being with other people and they're enjoying it. So I'll, I'm feeling better about it. So my invitation to you is to Experience squared breathing. Experience other types of active meditation, whether you maybe do Tai Chi or Qigong. Um, that I enjoyed in the, be- in the beginning of my years of doing meditation because I'm an active person and sitting still for 15 minutes I thought was going to kill me. And don't forget, five minutes. That's all it is. Five minutes. Take five minutes to enjoy and give yourself the gift of centering, developing love, compassion, and understanding, and then getting gifts from your higher self to help you through the rest of your day, um, to create understanding. And then also, always don't forget, uh, if you have a dilemma, if you're really struggling with something, always start your meditation with a question. Ask a specific question and then wait for the answer because the answer will come. And the answer, believe it or not, in my own experience, it can come from a a song you're listening to on the radio. It can come with um, a conversation you have with someone. It can come from an email that you read or something that you saw um, on Snapchat or Instagram or there's messages always coming to us to help us out um, because we're meant to be prosperous and abundant and, and happy. I, I truly believe that's what we're meant to experience. 
but then we got that ego in there and then we got that mind that tends to put other negative thoughts in there through our own programming um, that we uh, have to use our meditation to override. In other words, what I just said, and I just said this to a person the other day, they blamed it on, well, you know, I'm just programmed to believe that. And I was like, awesome, good. I got a tip for you. To the degree that you can be programmed, you can also be reprogrammed. So you're not stuck. You're, you're, you're not, you're not in a, a situation where you're hopeless at all. There's always hope. There's always an answer, and it is to reprogram that so that it doesn't seem like doomsday. All right, I'm going to end on that note. I am always excited that I can share any big piece of helpful information with you. We always love your feedback. I'm always appreciative. We do get great feedback, and I appreciate it always. You can go to maxstormcoaching.com and leave some comments or questions or feedback. You can also email me at ashley at, that's ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at balancedbod.com. That's my personal email. Yes, I am giving that out to you so that you can um, relay any thoughts that you have. Um, uh, I can always be better. I can always grow. And I appreciate, I appreciate you taking the time to listen today. And we'll chat with you next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Max Storm Business Coaching Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by MaxStormCoaching.com. Head over to our website or social media pages and download free documents, forms, business tips, and tricks that will help take your client-based business to that next level.